This is the MG Car Club Podcast. On this episode, for the love of an MGA, one man's lifetime with MGs. The MG Car Club Podcast. Hello and welcome back to a new series of the MG Car Club podcast. Wayne Scott with you, hope you're well. And it's fantastic to be bringing the worldwide MG community our wonderful podcast once again. Series three now for 2022. This, the 74th episode that we've put together for you. And it's fantastic to have you along. And we've got a brilliant interview lined up for you in this return episode. A really lovely chap, Tony Brown, is going to be coming on to tell us all about his MGA and his lifetime of owning MGs and the scrapes and adventures that he's got into along the way. Looking forward to hearing that. But while we've been away over the past couple of months, it's been quite a busy time in MG circles and there is lots of news to share with you. The first and most exciting of all that news, of course, is that MG Live returns. We're going to be celebrating the MGB's 60th anniversary and 40 years of the post-Abington MGs at the home of British Motorsport on the 11th and 12th of June 2022. It's going to be a truly memorable weekend of MG fun, so don't miss out on the chance to come and party with all of us lot. It's going to be fantastic to see you there. After a couple of years away, the MG Live event is much needed by us all, I think, as we get things back to normal. Uh, you can buy your tickets now, actually, and you can get them all online at mglive.co.uk and you're recommended to book in advance online. Uh, you will have to pay by card on the gate if you decide to turn up to Silverstone that weekend, but it is more expensive. The best thing you can do is just get online, mglive.co.uk, and buy your tickets now. And if you do go and have a look at the website, you'll see all of the different things that are happening over the course of the weekend, from the lifestyle marquee to wall-to-wall racing on, of course, the full Grand Prix circuit at Silverstone as well, with all sorts of eras of MGs covered. Plus, we'll have a live stage, live music, lots of entertainment, and if you fancy trying your hand at auto testing, then the entries are open now for the California Cup. You can find that all online at mglive.co.uk. Just click on the motorsport button there, and that will open up all of the rules and regulations you'll need to read and the entry forms that you'll need to fill out to either take part in the California Cup or indeed the Taster Auto Solo Session, which is open to beginners, those who haven't tried it before, and you really do only need a road-going MG in order to take part. And of course, some of our guest car clubs as well get your tickets now to mg live don't forget to use the promo code as well to claim your members discount if you are an mg car club member uh, very easy to claim that discount just use the promo code field and put in your membership number that's all you have to do at mglive.co.uk looking forward to seeing everyone on the 11th and 12th of june up there at silverstone and i will be presenting interviews and more on the live stage alongside some fantastic acts and artists producing some brilliant live music for us as well so i look forward to entertaining you all on the live stage on the village green at mg live this coming june we'll keep you updated on the podcast as ever as more bits of information about the event are confirmed and another very important piece of news is that the mg car club has jointly won the national 
Car Club of the Year Award at the National Car Club Awards. They're presented at the Practical Classics Classic Car and Restoration Show. They've had a couple of years hiatus, of course, hasn't everything over the pandemic. And over the weekend that was the 20th of March 2022, they returned and we won it, the MG Car Club, alongside our friends at the Triumph TR Register and Triumph Sports 6 Club for our collaboration on the event that happened last year at Malvern at the Three Counties Showground. It was, of course, the Triumph and MG weekend. We had a fantastic time there. The entire classic car community noticed what we were doing, recognised that it was groundbreaking for our clubs all to be working together to put on such a unique event and awarded us jointly National Car Club of the Year. For the full story on that and of course all the latest MG Car Club news do check out the website at mgcc.co.uk you can find all the latest stuff on there for you. Also the story about a football star Liverpool FC star midfielder who took delivery of a brand new electric MG. So you can read the story on that as well. That's all up there. And of course, a reminder of Drive It Day. This year, it happens on the 24th of April, 2022. National Awareness Day for the historic vehicle community. And you can get your plaques now, all the proceeds from those plaques, the sales of which go to the NSPCC's Childline. Last year, we raised enough money to run Childline for an entire 24-hour period, and we're wanting to do that one unforgettable day once again. So whatever you're doing for Drive It Day, do it with a Childline Drive It Day plaque on. They're available through the Federation of British Historic Vehicle Clubs at www driveitday.co.uk you can find the links to that and more as well of course in our e-newsletter from the mg car club as well and Inica's been busy in the shop making sure there are lots of great products for you to be dabbling with as well, getting yourself all kitted out for the spring season ahead. We have the MG Sports Bag currently on the shop, £27.50. If you're going away for the weekend, frankly, no other luggage is needed. You'll fit everything you need to fit into that. Also, we've got MG Live plaques on sale as well. Uh, where are your Jubilee plaque ready for MG Live in June and some very nice very stylish and lovely and soft i might add fleeces for the blokes as well all available at shop.mgcc.co.uk and before we go and talk to tony and hear all about his lifetime of mg ownership and some amazing experiences and scrapes that he's got into with MGAs over the years. Just to note that the MG Car Club are currently asking for your views on the future of the club. It's your chance to have your say, and it's a series of three surveys that are going to be taking place throughout the next few weeks. The first one is online now. You can find it again on the news pages at mgcc.co.uk forward slash news and it is the moment where you get to feed back to your club on exactly what you want it to be doing for you in the future so do have your say on the future of the mg car club and don't forget to tell everyone just how much you enjoy the fact that the mg car club podcast is back for a third series in 2022 
And also, of course, we'd love to hear from you on this podcast. It's not just about the big celebrities here. We like to record your stories as well. And if you know someone or if you are someone who has some interesting stories to tell about MG ownership over the years, then do get in touch at mgpodcast.uk. Use the contact form on there. You can even leave us a voice message as well and we'll get in touch with you. It's always great to feature you on this, your podcast. It is the MG Car Club podcast. And Tony is next. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centers and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club Podcast. Well, on this episode of the MG Car Club Podcast, we're going to be hearing all about an amazing story of ownership of, uh, well, not just one, but a couple of MGAs over the years. And I'm joined by MG Car Club member Tony Brown. Hi, Tony. Hi there, Wayne. Nice to speak to you. It's great to have you on and uh, great to have a little walk down memory lane with you as well on the podcast this week because you are an absolute MGA aficionado, aren't you? And uh, it all began way back in 1968. So I guess we should start there, really, and take us back to that very first MGA and how you came upon it. I'd always been a great lover of um, of the MGA silhouette and... Um I I also liked the uh, the XKs, uh, but of course I couldn't run to anything like that in those days. Um, and yeah, I'd owned a sixteen hundred, um, which unfortunately met a rather sad end when uh, I managed to roll it to some clown cut uh, across the main road at night. And um, I've always wanted another one, and the. The second MGA, which was uh, I found in rather strange circumstances, I was driving through McGull in my dad's car, and uh, I saw this what I thought was an MGA sitting outside this very long drive, uh, which was looking like a, an overblown canary because it was a a yellow colour, which uh, <laughs> was a bit unusual. So I pulled the car over and uh, went and had a look, and lo and behold, yes, it it was a a rather battered MGA, to say the least, uh, with a ripped tonneau cover, uh, no hood. And when I looked round the front of the car, uh, horror of horrors, I just couldn't recognise it. It had this um, rather unusual grill that somebody um, decided to graft on. Um, and, uh, so I thought, well, you know, uh, I'll knock on the door and I'll see what happens. And, the, knocked on the door and the chap answered the door, uh, and he was an undertaker. Um, and he had a, a fleet of limousines as well as this MGA in front of his house. And I said, look, um, I, I love MGAs. And even though that one's a, a little seen better days that um, um, do you think you could sell it? Uh, and he said, you must be psychic. He said, um, I've just had a letter from the council. They, they have to widen the road and they're going to take a chunk of my land. And he said, I need uh, that land for my limousines and my business. He said, so listen, here's the keys, threw me the keys. It was a very trusting chap because I was only a youngster in those days. And he said, uh, 
take it for a spin and see what you think. So off I went down the country lanes in this um, rather unusual MGA, but it, it rode well and uh, the engine seemed okay. Uh, so I decided, um, right, I thought I'll see if I can crack a deal with this chap, and I did. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly what I paid for it now, but it wasn't very much. Um, and I and I took it, I took it away. And presumably, uh, and then, it was yellow because he spent all of his time around black cars. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it stuck, it stood out like a, like a full stop or something, you know. But <laughs> it, it was, um, it, it had more filler than an aging Hollywood uh, actress, and um, uh, it had obviously been pranged a couple of times. And yeah, poor old beast, she'd seen better days. But um, I was in love with it. I thought, wow, you know, um, MGA, the sound, the feel. Because I always maintain that you don't drive an MGA, you actually wear it. And, um, and, and I've, I've carried that philosophy forward. So that's how I came by it, yeah. What was your first memories of sort of clapping eyes on an MGA? Where did this, this love come from that, that led you down this path? Well, I, I'd, I'd always been keen on cars. And um, I had friends of mine who, uh, one guy had a Lotus Cortina. I'm um, going back now, quite a long time, as you can imagine. Um, and I had a little Mini, which was, uh, in fact, my very first car that I ever had um, was actually in, in New Zealand. Uh, and I was 15 years of age and I had a 1952 side valve Morris Minor, um, <laughs> which, which would do about 50 mile an hour down a hill with the wind behind it. But um, it was good fun. Uh, but the, the MGs, I'd always liked the mark. I just thought that they were a classic looking car. Um, 1500 cc to 1600 obviously as they went up to the Mark II the the engine was big enough Um, they weren't ecstatically quick but they were just a very beautiful looking piece of engineering and I had always set my sights on something with that kind of silhouette so it goes way back to the early 60s really um, and of course, then they were they were a car that was pretty much in vogue uh, coming out the the sort of sixties. Um, they you know there's a few of them around, um, and uh, yeah, and they were they were in my price bracket. Mm. So yeah, I decided um, that was the car for me. And I guess relative to now, they were pretty affordable is a difficult word to quantify sometimes but i guess they were they were as you described in the realms of possibility for a young man because i guess they were sort of 10 years old uh, or more than uh, the earliest yeah. mgas and so you could actually afford to run one as a daily car yeah that's right i mean I, the, the very first mga i had was it was 1600 mark ii which uh, i bought for the princely sum of 160 quid and that was a coupe um, and I loved it. I mean, it was brilliant, but, um, I, I always hankered for the wind in my hair. I wish I could have some wind in my hair now because my hair's a bit thinner than, than, it, now than it was then, but it was, um, it, you know, top down motoring was always where it was at for me, but the coupe, I, I came across that and, um, I paid 160 quid from Broughton's garage in St. Helens and my, my uncle, God rest his soul, lent me the money. Um, and I paid him back religiously and, and yeah, and, and that was the first, and she was a very quick car. I don't know what they'd done to it. 
Um, but I always remember coming back from Blackburn one day and, and a guy, I'm coming on the slip road and on the motorway um, and a chap came past me in an MGB and gave me the sort of inverted B sign, which meant you want to drag. Um, and I thought, well, and I, I chased him on down the motorway, I'm doing now, but, um, and I just, it, I just left him and, and the, the car was incredibly quick. And no one had told me that they'd done anything to it. Uh, it was just, I bought it out seen. And uh, it, I don't know whether it had been tweaked, but it was a quick little motor. And I loved it, you know. And unfortunately, as I say, it, it met a grisly end. Um, and it, I ended up upside down in the field with petrol all over the place and knocked out. So I was quite lucky, really, to come away. Because if it had there been a spark, I would have been... Uh, I would have been, um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't be talking to you now. You were knocked unconscious, but you broke your yeah. collarbone as well, didn't you? That must have must have been a painful experience. Well, yeah, I, as a matter of fact, um, what what happened with that, uh, I, I, I felt the car was, was going to flip. It was, it, was on a, it was on a bend. This guy came out of a side entrance, and, and he actually froze in the middle of the road. Um, and, and there was only one way I could miss him, and that was to go across the road. Um, and I clipped the curb and fired off, and the car then somersaulted over a, a hedge into a field. And of course, I must have got my head smacked against the roof. It was, in those days, they didn't have seat belts. Uh, and this good Samaritan decided he wasn't going to hang around, so he he was gone. My girlfriend at the time, um, who when I knew the car was actually going, I grabbed hold of her and pushed her into the uh, footwell of the, of the car because I thought, well, you, you know, that's probably, and it was all happening in a split second. But um, when I came to, I came to, to a guy leaning in. Um, my girlfriend had got out the car. She was uninjured. And she flagged the car down, who happened to be a doctor, which was quite fortuitous. Um, but he said, look, I'll get somebody out here too sweet. He disappeared. There was no mobile phones in those days. And uh, he was true to his word. He must have gone to a house or a, or a public phone box, rang 999, and, and an ambulance appeared. Um, and then I remember this chap sort of reaching in. The car was upside down, and he, and he said, where do you hurt, son? And I was thinking, where do I hurt? Um, oh, my arm's not too clever. So... Um, <laughs> With that, he put his arms underneath my armpits and dragged me out through the door, um, <laughs> which was not the most pleasant experience I've ever had in my life. That but woke listen, you up. Well, it did wake me up, but I mean, it was better that than being sort of like fried eggs and bacon, you know. So I, I thought, well, okay, um, and I was in the ambulance and gone, and of course I was in uh, Never Neverland because I'd had a smack on the bombs. Um, and I, I, I came to, and they let me out of hospital about three days later because the collarbone, uh, they just put a figure of eight bandage on it in those days and, uh, and then sort of sent me home. It was just before Christmas as well, so I was quite pleased to get home. Well, it sounds but, like you were very, very lucky, actually, because, uh, you know, there's some yeah. terrible stories of people who have accidents in cars in the 50s and 60s, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely, Wayne, absolutely. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I think that perhaps uh, the fact that I didn't, didn't have a seatbelt on actually possibly saved me um, because it would have held me in a rigid position. And I think I sort of went with the flow, so to speak, with the car. And um, in, that, in that sense, I probably got away with it. 
I'm not condoning it shouldn't have seatbelts. I'm a great advocate of them, but I think in that particular instance, um, it, it may have been just gratuitous that it worked that way. Mm. Well, it didn't put you off, did it? Because as you described, you found this wonderful canary yellow MGA in uh, Merseyside yeah. sometime later. And uh, you, yeah. as you said, it was it seemed better days, perhaps a bit tatty. But what was the reaction yeah. of your other half when you brought that home for the second time? <laughs> well, I, I was uh, I was actually courting then, and um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was just before we um, you know got married, but. Um, she wasn't too impressed. We, we we were going to see. I didn't. I just sprung it on her this, uh, and I just bought the car and then pitched up with it. And, and it was it was in a pretty sorry state. And we were going out to my cousin's for lunch on the Sunday. And this was on the Saturday. And, and she said, she said, "What on earth is that?" You know, um, I'm not going to. Wow. She was absolutely devastated. So I said, "Look, it'll be absolutely fabulous. I'll, I'll, I'll get a, I'll get a hood for it. I'll get a frame and a hood and a side screens, and we'll have, we'll have it repainted. We'll have such great fun in it." And she said, "Well, you won't have much fun in it in the next 24 hours because we're going to your cousins tomorrow, and you can't do much in that time." And I said, "Well, no, you're right." And then, of course, the the next day arrived, and she was all glammed up and uh, the beautiful felt hat on in blue and a blue suit on, which looked absolutely so great. And she got in the car, very, in, really indignant. And, um, <laughs> and we took off towards St. Helens from Southport. And uh, we got to Ormskirk and, oh, joy of joys. I looked at the sky and what do I see? But, but great big cumulus nimbus coming towards us. Um, it was black as the hobs of hell. And I'm thinking, oh, please, please don't rain. Uh, well, of course, sod's law being sod's law, it did. So we got underneath the rip tunnel cover together, <laughs> and the the way the rain was coming in through what should have been a zip but wasn't. And um, anyway, the clouds disappeared. Fortunately, after about fifteen minutes of heavy downpour, and um, I looked across her and I I thought, oh, Tony, for goodness sakes, don't laugh. And and I was trying not to because a felt hat has suddenly decided to to shed its colour all down her face. Oh, no. And she she had blue streaks running down this immaculately made, immaculately made up face. Well, I you know, I I I didn't obviously I didn't crack a smile or anything. I just headed to my to, to my cousins. And uh, when I got there my cousin Jennifer came out and met us on the drive, took one look at Vivian Vivian and said, Goodness me, Vivian, what on earth have you done to your face? Well, that was it. The cat was out the bag. So she went and had a look in the mirror. And, um, <clears throat> well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's say I wasn't flavor of the month for the, <laughs> for the duration of the afternoon. But God bless her and love her. We, um, we ended up getting the car re-sprayed. I had it re-sprayed metallic lagoon blue. Of course, uh, to, <laughs> of course it was. To, yeah. To, to, <laughs> the funniest part about the, the car was this, actually. Um, I end, I was in the MG car club at the time and, and we used to meet at the fiddle in the bag in Burton Wood. Uh, that's where we had the old natter and noggin sessions. And um, I pitched up with this guy. And of course, some of the cars there were lovely, you know, and they, 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 some of these guys in the MG car club, really, they had the sort of pride and joy there, you know. And, and I pitched up with this, with, with this MG with, with, and no one could work out what it was with the front. So I decided to make up a little story, a bit of a pork pie, and I 
of the camera was, what, what on earth is that? Where's that grill come from? What, what is it? And I said, oh, did you not know? I said, haven't you just made a couple of these rather special ones? They're special <laughs> breather grills. <laughs> well, I got away with it for about two minutes, and then somebody rumbled me and said, that's a Ford Popular grill that's been put in upside down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so, which, of course, it was. Um, but anyway, I, as I say, I had the car, uh, I had the car doctored up and I spent a few bob on it and I, I got the bodywork all sorted out and metallic lagoon blue and she looked lovely in, in, in that color. And I got a new hood and side screens and, and the, the girlfriend couldn't have been too upset because she ended up marrying me. Which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did she come to love the car as much as you in the end as well? <laughs> well, do you know, the funny thing is. Yes, yes, he did, and and uh, we had the most marvelous times in that car. We used to go around Cornwall in there and 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 all over the place. And yeah, we had our mishaps in the car. We had one or two uh, issues, you know, mechanical issues and things, which you do get with older motor cars. But uh, yeah, she loved it just the same as I did. And and then of course um, there were there were three because um, she we we decided to have a family and. Uh, and uh, Vivian was expecting. So the MGA, unfortunately, um, I'm afraid her days were numbered then because we had to find something that could accommodate uh, an extra person, a small person. So I bought an MGB, a 1965B, which um, had space behind the seats to put the carry cot. Um, so I carried on with my love affair of MGs um, albeit a different shape. Uh, and I like the MGB, I must be honest, but the A always had a great passion for me. Well, it's the mark of a true passionate man that loves his MGs. Instead of going out and buying something really sensible, like, you know, a, a proper family car, you went out and bought an MGB. I mean, that says it all, really, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it, I mean, it does, really. I don't know whether that was foolhardy or sensible. But anyway, it, the MGB the MGB was brilliant until I blew the engine up on it. But, um, <laughs> but that's another story for another day. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I loved being, uh, with the wind in my hair, as I say, and, and the MGs were uh, a mark. And now of course, um, and many years later, um, I decided to revisit and, uh, I bought myself, a, a 1500 Mark one, which has been reimported from America. It's right hand drive. Um, and it's absolutely immaculate. And um, we we are having some fantastic times in it, and it's really rolling the years back. Do you feel like you did in 1968 when you get behind the wheel? Oh yeah, Do you know the funny thing is, I'm still a kid at heart, and I I um, you know even even now in my latter years, um, uh, I, I play guitar and sing in a band and and do daft things that I used to do when I was a kid. So um, I've never really grown up. I think I'm a bit of a Peter Pan. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do feel the same. Um, unfortunately, my body creaks and groans a bit more than it used to when I was uh, back in the 1960s. But uh, yeah, I can get in and out of her okay. And, um, you know, she's, uh, she's, she's my pride and joy. So yeah, so I'm back to MG Motion again. And your old MGA then, the one that you sold when your 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 family arrived, is that still in existence? Do we know? Yes, yes, we do. And this is um, an interesting point because uh, Stuart Mumby, um, 
I was I met him at South Cave when we went for the MG meeting down there um, last year, and he was asking me all about the cars and things. And I've got a, I'm actually looking at a picture of it now uh, with uh, with Vivian um, with Child, um, and we found the number two o nine BTC. And Stuart went and did some uh, some investigation work, and uh, he found that the car, unfortunately, the guy who, or lady who's got it, is not in the uh, MG Car Club, but it is registered, um, and it's now changed colour, and I think I'm, I'm not mistaken, I think it's red now, and he was trying to find out whereabouts it was in the country. So um, if any of the podcast listeners um, see 209 BTC um, knocking around, uh, I think in red livery, then, um, you know, Stuart would be delighted to hear. And I certainly would be because it's it's always nice to, to know what's happened to cars that you've owned all those years ago. Mm, I wonder if it's still got the Ford grille on the front of it. <laughs> Well, now, there's a $64,000 question, isn't it? Um, I suspect probably not, because I think anybody who's got an MGA this, uh, that's now 60 years old would probably want it to revert back to something like it, um, its original state. So um, who knows? But I don't know. I really, really don't know. Well, we're looking at a hopefully a normal year ahead of us after the madness that has been the last couple. Um, so what plans have you got to enjoy your MGA this summer? Well, um, the, 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 um, they're putting a, a feature into the newsletter, the MGA newsletter, uh, the next one's coming out, because I've had the car converted to a five-speed Mazda, um, Mazda gearbox. Um, I've had that done because the original gearbox in, in the car was starting to grumble and mumble. So I decided to upgrade to a five speed. We're going on to the Shropshire, um, um, weekend, which I think is in May, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we're going on that. We'll be going down to the, um, Triumph MG weekend. We're going to take the MG down. Uh, I have a holiday lodge in Polperro in Cornwall, and we're, we're going to take the MG down there. And hopefully, hopefully, if it uh, if if we're there when the uh, the Southwest Centre are having any of their meetings, um, then we'll we'll pop along to the Noggin and NASA session there. Um, but yeah, we intend to um, to get a lot of use out of the MG this uh, in, this coming season. So. Um, we may possibly, my son lives in Wimbledon, uh, so we may actually go down to the, <clears throat> to the South, uh, meeting, uh, which is, um, somewhere near the Isle of Wight as I, as I'm trying to remember in my memory bank. And that's at the back end of the year. So we may actually end up going down there and, um, and, and participating in that as well. That's brilliant. A really packed set of events for the summer ahead. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and your lovely MGA at the Triumph and MG weekend, of course. Yeah. Stafford Showground. That's the 14th to 16th of August uh, this right. year. Myself and Sam Common will be in the live arena as we were at Malvern last year. So you must come into the arena and see us, Tony. It will be an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to see you and uh, and meet the, uh, meet the face behind the voice. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that's definitely on the, on the cards for this year. 
Brilliant. And I do understand they're looking for a band for the live stage as well. Maybe you can help us out there. When we did the South Cave thing, um, uh, they had a harpist on, um, which is not exactly um, where we're coming from. We're, we're a sort of bunch of, of aging rockers. Uh, Chuck Berry and all that kind of stuff we do. But uh, he, he sort of said, hey, you know, um, we, we could probably use you guys. But <laughs> we, we only do it for a bit of fun. And uh, we enjoy you know, uh, reliving our youth and uh, and doing stuff like that as well. Bunch of rockers sounds good to me. Tony Brown, thanks for talking to us here on the MG Car Club podcast. Wayne, thanks, thanks very much indeed. It's been an absolute pleasure. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.